Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the hosts of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizaki. Welcome once again to Growing in Grace. My name is Cap, Mike Kapler, and I've got my friend Joel Brzezicki along with us, too. Hi, Joel. Hey, Cap. How are you doing? Now, you mentioned last week that I've been called lots of different names. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I've been called a lot of things, too. <laughs> Mine's not as hard to pronounce or spell as yours is, but uh, it's Cap, K-A-P. Somehow I got pegged with that nickname years ago in radio because uh, we've got more than one mic here at the radio station, and so uh, people just call me Cap. But of course, the name is Mike Kapler, and so there's more than one microphone up there. Uh, no, not, not microphone, just people named Mike. <laughs> Wise guy. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Wise yeah, guy. No. All right. You remember the Honeymooners show? You probably don't, but there's reruns with Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton. I know you were about twenty or thirty. Back oh, stop that! Right? Stop. I wasn't born yet, but I love those reruns and. Ralph and Ed are just hilarious, but, you know, Ralph always uh, calling Ed a wise guy. But, wise guy. Yeah. All right. I guess the Stooges did that, too. But we've got to talk scripture here, Joel. We don't have that much time. Um, that's what Growing in Grace is for. We're here to encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ, and, and hopefully we'll all learn a little something from our conversation so that we can just move a little further as we, as we grow in grace. And um, that's what we're going to be talking a lot about here today because uh, something you mentioned last week, Joel, as we were moving through Galatians and uh, uh, pegged on a couple of things in chapter 5, we started talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Paul also talks about the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. How is it that we can get to the point where we stop trying so hard? You know, these are great things. The fruit of the Spirit, I'd love to have more of these evident in my life. I don't. I think that the light bulb came on during our last show, because it, it dawned on me based on something you said is that I I work so hard in in trying to achieve these things in my life instead of just trusting God to to live through me and and have them manifest that way. Well, I remember one time. Um, I guess it was before. Well, I was obviously this was before I was married, where I I made a list of the various things that I wanted in a wife. <laughs> and and I've heard story, I've heard of people like you. <laughs> long story short, I threw the list away. Uh just because I thought, you know, I can't even live up to the list myself. And and I think one thing that we do, like we were talking about last week in, in Galatians where Paul says, Who has bewitched you that you you know, that you don't obey the truth and, and the truth is the truth that he's talking about is that it's by grace that we're saved, and it's it's by the Spirit that these things happen in our life, not by our own works. So who has bewitched you and brought you back into trusting in, in your list of things that you can do? And and there's a list, in a sense, throughout the New Testament where, where Paul is truly exhorting Christians to walk in the Spirit, and he, and he says, in, in Galatians 5, the works of the flesh. This is Galatians 5.19. The works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and he, and he lists he lists a lot of things there. And I think one, one thing that I've done in the past and in my own life is I've zoned in on that list, forgotten what, it, what, what he says before it and what he says after it. I've zoned in on that list and I thought, I've got to stop doing these things. I've got to, I've got to work on 
becoming a better Christian, and, and I and I forget that Paul is saying, you know, don't you don't want to live this way? But there's an answer. There's a, there's a way. There's a way to do it that that involves not self effort, but God working through you. And, and earlier on in the chapter, um, Galatians five six, and says he says. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Hmm. All right. So I think another thing to, to keep in mind here when we talk about the flesh, sometimes the flesh isn't always uh, sin or right. sins, I should say. Uh, a list of bad things. The flesh can can be uh, uh, religious a lot of times, can't it? It can look good. Yeah. It certainly can. And, and we can get All caught up in, tr- in trusting in the wrong things, maybe trusting in the right things for the wrong reasons, or vice versa. I'm not sure which. <laughs> well, I think you know the Bible does say that whatever is not done in faith is sin. So we can do a lot of good things, like you say, that, that don't appear sinful, but if it's not done in faith, if it's not faith working through love, then then that could be called sin. And, and so, what, what it all comes back to, I think, is, is is trusting, trusting in God, trusting in the Spirit, and, and not being drawn back, not being bewitched, not being uh, drawn back, and into trusting in the deeds that we can conjure up. And it's, it it can be hard in this world that is so focused on performance, that is so focused on what you can do, and and even in in the church today. That is, is so focused on on all of these things on on what you need to do uh, in order to get right with God. I'm reminded of a, a, a few years ago. We had some friends. I can't remember if they were living in Des Moines or Kansas City at the time. They lived in a couple different places, but we went to visit them, and um, they had just moved there, and they went to visit a church. So we stayed with them on a Saturday night, and we went to them. Uh, it was their first time in this church, and so we were visiting with the visitors, and and re- uh, not a whole lot of people really said hi or anything. A few people said hi, and, and then um, the, the pastor, uh, just before he started preaching, he said, do we have any visitors? And he made us stand up, and I was uncomfortable with all of that. But, <laughs> but then he gets to preaching, and the whole sermon was, his whole sermon was, was how bad his church was at, at giving praise to God. He said, did you see yourselves while we were in praise and worship? You all look like you're asleep. And, I mean, there was nothing good. He didn't have anything good to say about the church. And the whole sermon was about how they had failed. And are you guys staying up too late on Saturday night so that when you come here at 8 o'clock you're just asleep and you don't even have any love for God or any praise? And he just put them down for how, how bad their praise and worship was and how and how they weren't doing very good and he never gave any answers he just said you need to change you need to stop you know you need to go to bed early on Saturday you need to do this you need to do that and it was this list of things that they had to do in order to get right with God again and I felt I mean I I knew better (laughs) but I, I felt bad for these people that if that's what they're living with every day they're, they're never going to find the spirit did you stand back up again after that <laughs> i started preaching brother. <laughs> i kept quiet yeah good man good man well it's it's true i mean so many times we're trying to shake our finger 
And I know we mean well, but we're trying to get people to do it right, or at least how we think it should be, <laughs> especially when it comes to something as as diversified as praise and worship, as, as personal as that. Sometimes what may appear to be flat to somebody else, like, like this minister, uh, who knows what's going on in the heart of a person. Heart. You know, some people are quiet when they praise the Lord. Others are loud with outstretched hands, and there's so many different ways to express ourselves. Um, and, and sometimes some folks just do it quietly. And, and yet, even let's assume for just a minute, though, in this case, that maybe, maybe it could have been better. Maybe, maybe there could have been a, a better atmosphere or, or a, a better way that people could have been expressing their praise and worship to God. Uh, how is that going to come? Is it going to come from chastising them and telling them how bad they are at it? Or is it, is it going to come by communicating the unconditional love of Jesus Christ and the tremendous price that was paid for us to come into his righteousness? That's right. So you would, you would ask, you know, how how do we how do we get to this point where uh, we we see more evidence of of the spirit or the fruit of the spirit in our lives? How do we get to this place where where we're not focusing on on becoming better people, on becoming, uh, but but rather on you know focusing on on what God on God's goodness and love? Uh, what are your thoughts, Cap, about? about transitioning from you know being fallen away from grace to getting back to this place where we are walking in the spirit walking according to grace well that's something i'm still learning about joel and i guess i probably will be for the rest of my life i sometimes i wrestle with it yeah, mentally emotionally i mean uh, I, I know what I trust in. I know what I believe. I know what I've come to, to understand in regards to the gospel. Not that my understanding is, is perfect by any stretch. Of course it's not. I've got so much to learn. Uh, and as I just mentioned, I, I just feel like um, I'm trying to sort some of this out for myself. But I think a lot of it starts with understanding that God isn't mad at you. If you've listened to our program before, you've heard us say that. God is your friend. He's on your side. He took. He, does God like sin? No, of course not. But he took his anger out on sin on one man, Jesus Christ. He took all the punishment for our sin. He not only took the punishment for our sin, the Bible says he became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And um, once we begin to understand that I'm not, well, I don't have to walk around wondering if God's mad at me or if I've let him down somehow. I let myself down all the time, but it's just so reassuring to know where I stand as far as my position in Christ. It, it, it just changed my life. I got saved at a young age, and it just changed my life when I came to the realization, uh, revelation, if you will, of God's grace in my life and how I, I couldn't make him love me any less. No matter how well I performed or how poorly I performed I couldn't make me I couldn't make him love me less or more than what he already had and so um coming to that conclusion first of all or at least beginning to understand that is going to help us move on a little bit further I had the chance uh to talk to a young lady on the phone here at the station the radio station that we work at Joel uh, she called. She was suicidal. Apparently, a couple of years ago, she did attempt suicide and ended up in the hospital. And she made the comment to me on the phone. She said, and she felt bad because she hadn't been a good wife. She's separated now, and who knows what else in her life she feels bad about. Because she made the comment 
that there's just no good inside of her. And she's a Christian. She confesses Christ. She's a believer. And she made the comment, there's, there's nothing good in me. And so I had to try to set her straight and said, there's everything good in you. But, you know, for whatever reason, maybe through things she had done, I don't know. You know, Paul told us at the beginning of Galatians chapter 6, if anyone is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself too. You know, you could fall too into something that could just grip you and, and cause you to just stumble. And, and never, you know, and people just walk around with that guilt that they shouldn't be carrying around anymore. We only have about a minute left, Joel. Right, yeah, 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 that's a that's a real tough place to be. And it, when you know, the, when all that you see is is the evil that you've done, the bad things that you've done, and you don't understand that in Christ I've become a new creation. Because e- even Paul said, "I know that in me nothing good lives," but he says, "What I mean is in my flesh." But my hope is in Christ in me. In in his whole life, if if he would be focused on on the good that he could perform or if his focus was all on the bad that he had done, then he wouldn't have any hope. But he found his, his hope in Christ. I'd just like to end with a verse in in, in uh, 1 John. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he first loved us. And if we're not aware of that first part, the first part of that verse, that it's that love is this, not that we love God, but that he first loved us. If we're not aware of that, then how can we... How can we experience loving other people if we don't know His love first? Well, we thank you for listening to us and joining us this week. We'll be back again with you next week for more discussion about Growing in Grace. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzicki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. 